Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between Washington politics and the auto retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by Moss Adams. Moss Adams is a fully integrated professional services firm dedicated to assisting clients with growing, managing, and protecting prosperity. Moss Adams, Opportunity Rising. Find out more at AIADA.org. We're joined on Beltway Talk by Jennifer Safavian, who is the president and CEO of Autos Drive America. She's here to discuss her role with Autos Drive America, as well as what's ahead for the organization. Welcome to Beltway Talk, Jennifer. Wonderful. Thank you, Hannah. I appreciate so much being with you today. Um, now, I know that you're a veteran of D.C. with deep experience on and off Capitol Hill. Um, can you first start off by introducing yourself to Beltway Talk listeners and sharing about your background and what led you to your current role with Autos Drive America? Sure, I would be happy to. You know, I was fortunate enough to spend about 16 years on Capitol Hill on various House committees, uh, covering areas ranging from oversight to healthcare to commerce to manufacturing and tax and trade. So I, I, I was fortunate enough to get a lot of different experiences in, in the different policy areas. Um, I ended my career on the Hill as staff director of the House Committee on Ways and Means, where I oversaw staff working on all trade and tax policy in the House of Representatives. You know, but I would say, uh, regardless of the, the, the committee, the various committees I worked on or the issues I worked on, the one thing that always remained constant uh, was the need for collaborative relationships to really get anything accomplished. And whether that be among members of Congress or outside groups joining forces to get legislation passed or not passed, as may often be the case, uh, the key was coalition building to articulate the policy and, and really educate policymakers on your position. And that is exactly what Autos Drive America is all about and why I was so interested in building the organization. My members, the international automakers, have come together to work towards a common goal of educating policymakers on the need for policies that promote trade and investment so we can continue to create more U.S. jobs and increase our investment in the U.S. And we couldn't do that without the support of the international auto dealers. Mm. Now, I know that um, earlier this month, um we were previously here for America, and you announced your transition to a new association known as Autos Drive America. Um, can you just share a little bit of insight about this transition and rebranding as well as what led to it? Sure. So as you may know, Here for America was formed about five years ago under the Association of Global Automakers with the focus, again, on educating policymakers and the public about the benefits of investments by international automakers and nameplate dealers in the U.S. And when the Association of Global Automakers and the Alliance for Automobile Manufacturers merged at the beginning of this year, uh, the Here for America members recognized the need for an industry voice dedicated to supporting the auto industry and U.S. jobs by promoting open trade and investment policies. So Autos Drive America as a standalone organization was a logical progression. And our new name, uh, Autos Drive America, more clearly articulates who we represent and what our mission is. Absolutely. Um, and how do you expect Autos Drive America will specifically benefit your members? So we are going to focus uh, really on educating policymakers and the public on, on really the, the dynamic and competitive U.S. auto industry. Um, and that its future growth really depends on policies 
that incentivize competition, promote trade and investment, and encourage the export of American-built vehicles to customers around the world. You know, last year, international automakers exported over 830,000 U.S.-built vehicles. Uh, increasing our exports will create more jobs here at home, and open trade policies are critical to the overall continued success and growth of U.S. manufacturing competitiveness. So that'll really be our focus. Yeah, um, well, it's definitely needed in D.C. right now, which is sort of my next question of, I mean, why do you think that Autos Drive America is needed so much in Washington, D.C. right now and on Capitol Hill? Yeah, so I think you know it's, it's we are needed really for the reasons we just we just discussed, right? Which are educating the public and policymakers on the need for pro-trade policies that will help grow the U.S. economy, and you know, and that really couldn't be uh, any more important than right now, as this country is trying to rebound from the pandemic. Focusing on exports and increased demand abroad for U.S. built vehicles will ultimately help our overall recovery efforts. Mm -hmm. Um, and what does it mean to you to serve as the first president and CEO of Autos Drive America? That's quite a big job you've got. Yeah, well, it, it is. And, you know, I am honored to be the association's first ever president and CEO. You know, my members represent iconic car brands that customers around the globe love. Uh, and they represent nearly half of all U.S. auto production in this country. So, you know, the auto industry is constantly evolving, as you know, and you know, due to changes in technology and trade opportunities. So, you know, there is much for me to learn about the industry as I begin this role. And I don't think that that'll probably ever end. Um, but also I get to represent companies who are very dedicated to their communities. You know, this has been evident in their response to the coronavirus and their community support initiatives. You know, whether it's producing face shields and ventilator parts or donating vehicles and thousands of meals to help first responders and local charities assist those most in need. You know, they have really been focused on helping their employees and communities with the challenges that we are all facing with this pandemic. So really, I'm honored to represent um, such companies. Yeah, it sure is um, a dynamic industry, that's for sure. And uh, what do you think that you're going to be working on as you kick off your inaugural year with Autos Drive America? Well, so, you know, one thing, obviously, as I just mentioned, is the pandemic, right? There's no question that COVID-19 has had a significant impact on the entire auto sector. So we are obviously working to support our members' recovery efforts. You know, and then, of course, on the trade policy front, you know, USMCA just went into effect on July 1st. Uh, and we have been helping our members understand the many details of the uniform regulations and the implementing instructions in order for them to comply with this new agreement. You know, there certainly was a lot of significant changes for the auto sector in this agreement. And of course, the U.S.-U.K. trade talks, um, they continue uh, right now. And so we're following those negotiations, uh, as well as watching closely the continued efforts to implement the first phase of the U.S.-China trade agreement. And of course, the use of tariffs, either because of, you know, 232 and 301 investigations, you know, as well as the threats of additional tariffs, you know, con will continue to be a significant focus for us. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, trade has certainly been a hot button issue in D.C., especially in the last few years. Um, what can AIADA dealers do to support Autos Drive America's mission in Washington, D.C.? How can we help? Well, thanks for asking that. And I think, you know, I think really the most important thing AIADA and its members can do is to continue to help us tell our collective story. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we are stronger when we can speak as one voice in educating policymakers on the benefits of our investment in the U.S. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I know, Jennifer, that AIADA has collaborated with Here for America for several years to produce an annual economic impact report and that details the contributions of our industry to the economy. Can you share some of the highlights from the newest economic impact report that I know came out recently? Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, and, and as you know, the, this most recent report uh, looks at data from 2019, so it does not reflect the current um, economy and slowdown as a result of the pandemic, but it still tells a very strong story of the positive impact international automakers and dealers have on the U.S. economy as a whole and, and at, the, at the state and local levels. And some of those highlights, you know, is, is international automakers have invested more than $92 billion into U.S. operations. They contributed $290 billion to the gross domestic product. Uh, international automakers, dealers, and suppliers uh, together support nearly 2.5 million American jobs. Uh, and of course, international automakers build almost half of the cars and light trucks made in America. Uh, international nameplate dealers are responsible for 56% of retail vehicle sales in the U.S. Uh, and more than half of all U.S. vehicle, a new vehicle dealership jobs are created by international nameplate dealers. So 564,000 American international nameplate dealerships employ and generate about $34 billion in payroll taxes. So the economic activity by international automakers and dealers in America, you know, generates overall about $67 billion in federal, state, and local tax receipts and other revenues. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, you know, about 832,000 U.S. built vehicles were exported by international automakers last year. So there is a lot of, you know, really strong data uh, in this report that we put together. And again, you know, as I, as I said, you know, there is state-by-state state, um, uh, information as well. And, you know, your listeners can, can find all this information on our websites um, where we've got the reports posted. That is definitely um, great to hear about. And I think it's, it's a great report and tells a, good, tells a strong story, just like you said. Um, moving on just a little bit, how do you think COVID has affected trade issues in D.C.? Yeah. But it's very, yes, but it's very important, no question about it. And it's, it, there's no question that it has, it has an impact on so many things, and especially on trade um, for us this year. You know, it, you know, COVID in general has certainly added uncertainty um, to an already kind of uncertain trade policy environment, I would say. Uh, and, you know, with the, the forced shutdown of, auto, of the autos and auto part manufacturing plants because of the pandemic, certainly uh, complicated and made more challenging efforts by manufacturers to put in place the, their compliance pr processes for the new uh, USMCA agreement, which just went into effect. Um, but I think, you know, more importantly, you know, it has been used to counter arguments against global trade in favor of buy American and build in America policies. You know, in some areas, there may be good reasons to make sure that we're able to supply whatever we need to ensure our health and security. So we are better prepared as a country. But I don't think we can forget the benefits that trade with our allies brings. You know, it's the reason we have such a strong U.S. automotive industry today. You know, the plants that international automakers have built in the U.S., uh, you know, support jobs for millions of Americans. And the success that dealers have achieved, you know, international auto, automaker nameplate vehicles account for 56% of all new vehicle registrations in the U.S. last year has only been made possible because of America's commitment to open trade and investment policies. So I think we just need to make sure that our policymakers, you know, understand that, you know, even in these challenging times, you know, these, these uh, open trade investment policies are really important to our overall growth and success. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it has definitely been great having you on the podcast, Jennifer, um, just to discuss your new role and what you're hoping to do in the coming year. Is there anything that you would like to add before we wrap up? Well, thank you, Hannah, and thank you so much for having me. Um, and so I have a chance to introduce myself uh, to your listeners and, of course, the new Autos Drive America uh, Association. You know, I will say, you know, as we've mentioned, certainly this year has been this ha this year has and will continue to be challenging for automakers and dealers. You know, and, and of course, on top of those challenges, you know, it's an election year. So I think I would just, you know, uh, close with with I guess adding and urging dealers to make sure that they are in touch with their elected leaders about the issues that we've discussed today and which are important to them. Um, and I think that that's just obviously really important thing to do. Uh, it's certainly something we'll be focused on. So again, let me just, just end by thanking you again uh, for having me on. Uh, and I've really enjoyed talking with you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. It's been great. That wraps up this episode of Beltway Talk. Thanks for listening in. As a note, you can find out more about the latest economic impact report at AIADA.org slash rimpact. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.